You're listening to Music Tectonics. Welcome back to Music Tectonics, where we go beneath the surface of music and tech. I'm your host, Trister Neuer Jaeger, back again, Chief Strategy Officer at Rock, Paper, Scissors, the PR firm that specializes in music innovation and music technology. I'm not alone here today, though. I'm here with our wonderful Director of Marketing, Eleanor Russ. Thanks, Tristra. And I'm here to turn the tables on you. Oh, no. Yep. Oh, no. So last week on the podcast, you and Dimitri gave a great uh, set of hot takes on 2024 based on your deep reading and scanning of the news. This week, let's give our listeners something a little different. Let's look at the predictions that other analysts and thinkers are finding in their crystal balls. So this is going to be kind of a news roundup episode, um, but I want to find out what you are finding in other people's predictions and what our listeners should be paying attention to. Yeah. I love to read really broadly, as some people may guess from my LinkedIn feed. Um, and I wanted to bring some things to everyone's attention that aren't your just your standard channels for music industry uh, fun stuff. Though we'll get to some of those as well and some of my, my favorite um, predictions for this year. Though I'm sure I missed somebody. Anyway, I want to start out by talking a bit about the broader media landscape. All right. So I found a fun report from Ogilvy. Ogilvy, Germany, I believe, uh, at their 2024 influencer trends, which sounds both terrifying and exciting. So, the, at least if you're Gen X, like we are, yeah, yeah, yeah. influencer trends Something is about a little triggering. Yeah, a little triggering for All Gen right. X. All right, but no, no, breath. no, we are we are warmly accept the intergenerational future. Um, so let's find out what those influencer trends are. What what stuck out to you from this Ogilvy report? Well, one of the trends they identified had to do with audio, and so I thought that would be that's extremely relevant to the music tech world. So, and I feel like this story keeps coming up over and over again. Any of you in sync or, um, you know, who run a production music library, et cetera, will find the story quite familiar, but a deja vu all over again. But Ogilvy noted that sonic branding is a big deal and is going to be a big deal in 2024. 82% of 18 to 64 year olds want a brand to have a sonic identity. So brands out there, Sonic, sonically identify yourself. And 75% say that they connect better with a brand that has a distinct audio identity. Um, again, this is something that comes up again and again. In if you read the ad trades at all, there'll periodically be a story about how brands are using um, audio cues, music, and other kind of auditory uh, connections to get people interested in their brand identity. But it sounds like that's going to be incredibly important for 2024, especially with uh, social media platforms like TikTok, where audio is often on. So audio is often on. And it also is a way that subcultures define themselves on TikTok, right? If a brand true. wants to play with a social media platform that has all of these niches and subcultures, they need to be able to play that audio game. And Ogilvy, the, the folks at Ogilvy highlight that this doesn't have to be a full-blown music track, uh, an artist track, a commercially released track. It could even be a certain beat, a, a general kind of vibe, a, a use of a, of, a, of a sound or a synth patch that is connected to your brand and its general feel for consumers. Interesting. See, as a marketer, that sounds like having a color palette and a exactly. set of visual assets that that's really you know familiar to me. 
Um, and so think, it's interesting to think about audio in that same way, that it's about the vibe and it's about matching your style, your branding, rather than necessarily um, being a full-blown production. In some ways, it's like this is the year, I think, when media gets a little bit more synesthetic, which for some of us is really <laughs> exciting. Um, and so th- the, another thing that's also connected to TikTok that comes up in this report, and we'll link to some of these things in the show notes, don't worry, you can check them out yourself is that live shopping is going to finally be a thing. Now, it's Mm. been a big deal in markets like China for years. Mm. And in some ways, it's kind of been a big deal in the U.S. I'm kind of surprised that no one's really drawing – a lot, very few people are drawing the connection between QVC and (laughs) TikTok shop. Uh, In some ways, I see Gen Z's – Gen Z's QVC is TikTok shop. But Mm. anyway, 31 people, uh, 31% of people believe that live shopping allows them to make more informed purchasing decisions, which I find really, really interesting. Um, And combine that with the audio side of things. And we're starting to get like a really, really interesting new frontier, I think, for social commerce. Mm. Um, And that's relevant to the music industry. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, One thing that is distinctive about TikTok shop from QVC is how it really builds in the opportunity for um, user-generated content Mm -hmm. that everybody on TikTok has the potential to be an influencer, that you don't need to have negotiate a commission from um, from the brand. You can put things, you know, you can link to TikTok shop items that you have no connection to that you just want to show for. Um, Interesting. Yeah, it lets everybody kind of participate in that um, for good or for ill. Democratizing QVC for the whatever of humanity. All right. So while while we're talking about media and entertainment, I guess live shopping could be considered entertainment. I wanted to turn people's attention to a really nice piece that Lucas Shaw at Bloomberg did kind of a a compendium of an informal survey he did with a bunch of media execs from across entertainment. Um, And they, he kind of summarized, I mean, I'm not sure exactly what everyone's telling him, but he gave some really great summaries that I think are helpful for us to keep in mind in the music business. Um, He saw, he was getting a lot of feedback from his group of informants (laughs) that we should look forward to a lot more media mergers in 2024 as well as an ongoing ad crisis for certain legacy players like television. Um, Generally, we're looking at a less is more era for everyone from um, video on demand, streaming media, um, you know, film studios are going to be putting out fewer feature films, all of this stuff. So it's going to be a strange year um, for a variety of different reasons that are really depending on Mm. the, the vertical you look at. However... Uh, Lucas also seems pretty convinced that an AI celebrity will arise who will make a million dollars in 2024. So we will cross that benchmark threshold. Uh, <laughs> we'll unlock that achievement badge. Um, and he points out that he he believes experiences, and that, again, mm. isn't just music. We're talking about sports mm-hmm. and other live events, will be the fastest mm. growing segment of entertainment in 2024. And that really seems to hold true to what other folks are saying in music mm. itself and in live music in particular. Yeah. Can you talk a little more about what you think uh, the music industry and music innovators can take away from from Lucas's report? Well, the you know, I kind of brushed over it, but the idea of a virtual celebrity making um, a significant amount of money is a really interesting problem and opportunity for the music business. Um, We already have lots of virtual 
art music artists mm-hmm. that have made an impact, especially um, you know the Japanese market is one of the biggest homes of some of those artists. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, you know, what will be, you know, will they break through to a broader market? What will the picture be like? I think 2024, we will, we we could definitely see a lot more um, virtual mm. figures uh, making bigger splashes in mm. in music. And of course, there are tons of human beh- humans behind I those figures. I was just going to ask that. Is that as um, this might be kind of a dumb question, but if the AI celebrity makes a million, where who? Who is making that money? Who gets that money? A whole bunch of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> From the mocap um, yeah. movement specialists, uh-huh. um, the folks, you know, to to the folks writing the songs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've heard from other folks who have written songs for virtual artists mm-hmm. and other, you know, personas of that mm-hmm. kind. That it's actually a really wonderful, you know, new frontier for songwriters. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, it's it it is. It, you know, what what it promises to take away on one hand, it gives to a whole other group of people who've mm-hmm. always been in the background mm-hmm. to some extent. That's so interesting because I think uh, the nightmare that people hear when they see um, when they see headlines about AI celebrities, AI music makers, is that there aren't humans behind it or that the humans are just computer programmers or something. I don't know if if, um, if people are, are entirely aware about all of the human songwriters that might be... Um, I mean, I don't think feeling this. Yeah, I mean, I think there was that one. What was her name? Anna Indiana. No, no, don't talk. No. <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry to bring up these these difficult memories for everyone, but yeah. um, her her uh, repertoire and performance was completely AI generated, and it was not a satisfying experience for most listeners. So it's there, a good proof of concept. I think is probably yeah. Role. No, yeah. I, I mean, no, no, no. Um, no shade intended for the people. I, I was an experiment, clearly, but I think it demonstrates that you know the balance between AI and human uh, when it comes to these virtual influencers or virtual celebrities is extremely important and quite delicate. Mm-hmm. Well, let's shift our attention a little bit closer to the music industry. Can you talk about some of the predictions and reports that are getting you most excited? Now, if any of you haven't seen Midia's um, 2024 predictions, um, and it's gotten a lot of great coverage from people who are way smarter than me, um, I would recommend go check that out. Um, They have a great report, gave a wonderful webinar, um, sort of highlighting some of their findings. But there's a few things that, you know, to, to, to summarize the summaries of the summaries, um, I think will be really important for people to keep in mind. Um, Mark Mulligan and um, especially kind of emphasized that, I believe it was Mark, that emphasized that music is at a hard fork. Um, so, you know, in some ways we're looking at with some of the new policies at Spotify, for example, with a bunch of other developments, we're looking at the sort of bifurcation of the music business, if if we can call it that, or the music world, the music, the music sphere, the music first. <laughs> um, so there'll be a lot of casual creators who are making things in the moment who don't really intend to ever commercially release, or if they do, it's just like for shits and giggles. Um, and then there's going to be people who are dedicated music makers, um, whether aspiring or successful professionals who are looking for commercial release and want the full industry treatment, so to mm. speak. Um, and I think that's a really interesting observation. I think it's very true. Um, another thing that they really emphasized and a lot of people hooked into, which I, I think is on everyone's mind, is that creation will become an important part of the attention economy. So as, and one of their most like shared slides is really mind-blowing, is you know younger, um, younger music fans especially are spending less time listening uh, or absorbing content. 
um, and more time making cool stuff. And especially super fu- super fans are prone to this. Super phones, excuse <laughs> me. Super fans <clears throat> are prone mm. to this dynamics mm-hmm. that they they're more likely to be um, very lively creators, and maybe to listen a little bit less and make a little bit more, which I think is really interesting. That is so interesting. As somebody who has um, been on was on Tumblr in 2014, um, <laughs> that I think in that super fan fandom niche. Um, creating about the things you love is not new. It's just that the tools now make it possible to create more, for more people to create more music mm-hmm. as a part of it. That, you know, we're not just limited to um, crappy memes or GIFs anymore. Um, there's so much richer uh, creative creativity to be, that's op- unlocked for, for casual creators and super fans. I'm, I'm excited to see how this, how this hard fork takes shape. You'd be surprised how many like sonic memes are making it onto Spotify though. Like I as a yeah, don't don't search for certain search terms because oh. <laughs> you'll find you'll find a huge well of of uh, content. But anyway, I'm being very silly. Okay, okay. I'm, I I feel like there's a story behind this. Uh, well, you know, anyone anyone who wants to just just DM me, I will tell you more I, about I about how I, I found out of, about how certain people search like SE basically optimize for certain search terms that I say a ten year old boy would find exciting. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I think um, at the next Music Tectonics conference at the party around the pool, we're going to give Tristra a beer and ask her for the details. <laughs> How does she know? What only happened? only if what everyone jumps you? in the pool with me. All right. Who hurt you, Tristra? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who hurt my ears? All right. Um, so let's talk for a second, though, about more about that. So that, that's like the sort of the broader picture of the in, uh, of music making as an activity. Um, Sync Tank had a really lovely rundown of some interesting predictions from from different folks um, and they cited some some statistics and other trends that I think have much more relevance to the established industry so for instance um, they see 2024 um, as a year that catalog sales continue so um, there's been a lot of complicated press circling around hypnosis and its struggles yeah. Um but uh, even folks like Jay Gilbert are predicting that worldwide music copyright value will increase from the for forty one point five billion we're looking at now to fifty billion mm. in twenty twenty four. So a pretty significant jump, and um, a kind of interesting trend that, despite um, some of the turbulence, uh, seems to be ready to continue. Um, maybe as part of the growing value of copyright. Uh, major labels will start using AI as a forensic tool mm. um, to protect artist identity and their IP. So there's going to be more and more sophisticated ways to trace how music is being used, where, whether it's being used to train AI. I mean, I've already seen some attempts to combine AI and blockchain in order to protect IP from mm. um, being used sort of in training without the the IP owner's awareness. Um, and then there's things like spawning. So uh, that that's going to be using forensic AI um, will definitely become part of the, the, the music tech stack for a lot of labels and rights holders. Interesting. It sounds like, uh, I mean, do you think we're at the beginning of kind of an arms race that uh, AI Ooh. generation and, a, and forensic AI are going to be? Because I feel like we are that way for things like streaming fraud and, mm-hmm. right, or for... Um, or for um, attention economy-based advertising, right? So, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, do you think? I'm now I'm asking you rather than your rather than your sources. Yeah, will there be like a gray market for 
looked for kind of quasi shady data mm. sets. I mean, that's could, could be. I mean, I don't know. Like that's you're just opening up this whole like sci-fi world of like uh-huh. a, a Silk Road for like audio data oh, sets that man. someone digs up to create. All right, Tristra's next right. novel. <laughs> exactly. I don't, yeah, it's getting sounds, a little dark here. Yeah, All it's right. getting a little like uh, Neil Stevenson. <laughs> exactly. Kinda. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. We've got to get deeper into AI. I mean, it's been what everyone's been talking about. And there's so many interesting frontiers taking shape before our eyes. So let's get to that after a short break. Dimitri here. Hey, are you coming to the NAMM show in Anaheim, California? I love checking out the musical instruments at the annual trade show of Music Year, but I'd rather do it with you. So we're teaming up with the MIDI Association to hold a music innovators meetup at NAMM. Meet all the instrument, software, and app innovators in one room. We'll pass the mic so you can match names with faces, and then we'll have an open schmooze fest. Meet at the MIDI Association booth number 10302. That's 10302 in the convention center on Sunday, January 28th from 11.30 a.m. to 12.45 p.m. And keep an eye out on the show floor for the guy in crazy pants. That's me. I'll be looking for the mad inventors and creative geniuses of musical gear to capture on video. Follow our Instagram, at Music Tectonics, for reels of my favorite finds from Nam. Plus, we'll bring some of the best music-making innovations at our next free online event in February and on upcoming podcast episodes. Find out more at musictectonics.com. Sign up for our newsletter so you're the first to know. Now, back to the pod. Okay, Tristra, we're back. What else are you seeing out there about the future of AI in the short term? Yeah, so I I, I want to direct people's attention to a fun, a very well-named um, outlet called Purple Sneakers from <laughs> Australia. I wanted to sort of, you know, let's broaden the, the, the English language perspectives here. Um, and, and they really point to how AI legal wrangling and regulation will make the music industry squirm because there's going to be a lot of, of insecurity, of questions about what is legal, what isn't, what can you do, what can't you do. Um, it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of tension between folks like mm. OpenAI and publishers. Um, and, and until some of these legal cases get settled, which will obviously take a while because I'm sure there will be appeals, um, it's going to be really difficult to determine what you can do and what you can't and what, um, you know, what you could litigate based on and what you can't. Mm. Um, and and the, one of the most interesting things, I'm just going to point this yeah. out, um, that I've seen about op- the OpenAI versus New York Times case, for example, mm. is that even hallucinations are like, where do they fall, right? Mm. Or do they fall into the realm of defamation, right? Like if you're saying that say, Music Business Worldwide wrote this piece, say, you know, with these particular statements, uh-huh. and that isn't accurate. Have you somehow maligned um, Maurice uh-huh. Dessen or, 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 you know, or Tim Ing- Ingham? Like, what, what, is gonna, what are the boundaries um, wow. when it comes to things like defamation and, um, wow. you know, when AI accidentally tells a lie, right? Wow. I uh, mean, wow. I, I, my my sense of interacting with ChatGPT is that it was never designed to tell the truth. It's not really about it. It's not yeah. a truth machine. It's no. an imitation machine, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so um, it's it's quick adoption and uh, um, it's quick rise in adoption means that uh, um, legal questions that uh, might otherwise really take some time to work through the courts are suddenly super pressing, aren't they? And governments are trying to react. I mean, we've already seen 
legislation in the EU and even here in the U.S. where things take much longer and everyone kind of just stares into space and wonders, um, <laughs> what are we doing here? Um, it, it, this in, in our ungovernable homeland, um, there's already some legislation pending about, um, AI, you know, against quote unquote AI fraud, meaning mm. um, deep fakes and the use of someone's voice for synthesis without their permission. So mm. that, that's also going to make things a little murkier. So what could be a viable uh, business model or plan may suddenly become illegal. Wow. So, so that's always a, an interesting place to be. In, in general, um, you know, a lot of folks from the sort of poli sci and like, you know, threats, uh, international threats world are looking at these issues. For example, Eurasia Group um, had in their kind of like biggest threats of 2024, always cherry reading. You know, you always want to read these when you're in a, on a rainy day and kind of a bad mood. Um, just makes things even even worse. So, um, for instance, they write, um, responding to AI is less about regulating the technology, which is well beyond plausible containment. Mm then understanding the business models driving its expansion and then constraining the incentives, capitalism, geopolitics, human ingenuity, that propel it in potentially mm. dangerous directions. So what I think that means is, you know, as a lot of people like to say, the genie's not going back in the bottle, but we need to think about the business models that could um, nudge this technology in a beneficial or detrimental direction. Mm. And that's relevant to music as well. Yeah, could you talk a little more about that? How um, how do you think uh, how you think the music industry might play into these larger trends? Well, I mean, I could be wrong, and I, I would welcome people to to clap back at me about this. But um, it, it seems like the industry is desperately trying to take a more constructive view of this technology, mm. perhaps because the fo- everyone sees that they're not going to be able to make it just go away or to mm. sue it out of ex- existence. And I think we learned a lot from the digital transition and like the Napster days that, you know, lawsuits, especially suing music fans, is not um, a viable path to uh, finding a new business model in the face of deep technological change. So um, I think the industry is better. I like to think it's better equipped. Again, if you feel differently, let us know because I'm curious about your perspective. Um, is a little bit better equipped to embraces tech and um, use it for its own ends as opposed to just mm. letting it um, propagate in the wild and then trying to clamp down on it, which, mm. you know, is not the easiest, is not going to be possible. So um, that's a little bit vague, but I hope that that's kind of an answer to your question. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's dig, let's, let's dig a little further. I think you have a few other uh, AI literate um, re- predictions and reports you wanted to dig yeah, into. Yeah, sorry, sorry about that, everyone. There's one more point, and Janelle Borg <laughs> of Amplify You um, made a, a wonderful prediction related to marketing trends. Um, she really sees AI customization coming to the fore, and um, I really think for for marketing that could be a real boon to a lot of artists and labels. So, um, and I, I guess publishers too. Um, so by AI customization, I think we're meaning, you know, really supercharging people's marketing efforts based on like once you have a basic idea of what you're trying to do, you can iterate and create different versions for different audiences of whatever content you're doing really quickly. So if I'm making an ad, if I am trying to come up with a social post, 
um, I can come up with a whole variety of things really quickly. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, I noticed recently that Facebook had or Meta, excuse me, had started this whole new uh, they they incorporated AI into their ad platform. So if you put in a basic thing about what you're trying to advertise, it will start to iterate different versions of it. Sometimes they're really bizarre because especially if you're advertising something really bizarre um, or unusual, but it will, it'll give you a bunch of little things. It'll even add emojis. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. It's oh, very no. interesting. Is AI, is AI taking away my favorite part of work, which is selecting Slack reacts for people's messages? You will, you will never, AI will never match you, Thank Eleanor. You. Don't worry. Thank the human you. touch will always be important when it comes to emoji selection. Yeah. But no, that's super interesting in that it could really democratize A-B testing for, you know, small retailers for music marketers. Absolutely. And, and hopefully prevent some burnout. Like, mm-hmm. you know, artists... Uh, and those who who love them, I mean, I really feel you trying to come mm-hmm. up with like a new way to talk about something so you can post about it or just mm-hmm. even doing a summary of say you've got like, you know, an artist statement or a bio and you want to just pull out some relevant stuff. You know, chat GPT and Claude are amazing for that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I wouldn't ask them to generate a press release for you personally, but um, it can summarize a bunch of stuff and spit out some, mm-hmm. some hopefully somewhat concise little mm. tidbits for you to use, mm-hmm. um, or highlight some of the, the the best parts of what you're trying to say. So yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, people make a lot of jokes about how why is AI not doing my taxes? Why is it making <laughs> writing poetry instead? Um, why is it taking? Why is it? You know, of course, we could talk about forever. Um, why AI innovators are using um, creative things as test cases, as proof of concepts for their um, engines. Um, but if it could support um, artists, so small labels, et cetera, automating or at least lowering the burden on some of the most grinding aspects of their yeah. jobs, that's great. Yeah. If, if I can just get a blurbing AI, that's like all I need. Like the rest <laughs> of it is, is, is irrelevant. Now, Janelle points out another interesting trend, which is something that I'm really fascinated by and I really think is going to come to the fore in 2024. And that is an emphasis among artists on subscriptions and exclusive offerings to their fan base. This mm-hmm. kind of plays into the obsession, the sort of chant that we hear from in every uh, CEO letter about super fans and offering super mm-hmm. super fan products, such as I think what Sir Sir Lucian Grange, um, as how mm-hmm. he he phrased it in uh, in his kind of twenty twenty four kickoff letter. Um, uh, he's the 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 CEO of I think he's the CEO I don't can remember people's titles. He's the head dude at, at UMG. UMG. Yeah. <laughs> I am a music industry professional. All right, <laughs> um, but these super fan products are things that will appeal to people who are really into an artist or really into a certain um, kind of music. And um, the nice thing is these are way more fun for most artists to create, I think, uh, and way more rewarding in terms of the, the the love they get back from the people who enjoy these offerings, I would argue, than um, simply putting something up on Instagram, which, eh, you yeah. know, but making something cool and having people engage with it, um, that is really fun. So Janelle's seeing um, that as part of the future year ahead. And um, I, I, I agree. And last but not least, I wanted to point out something that Bobby Osinski pointed to, which was the collapse of data-driven ENR. What? So the last few years, because we've had all this beautiful, beautiful usage data, um, clearly it's been very, very helpful for people looking for 
emerging artists. So mm-hmm. who 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 finally ticks past that mm-hmm. that weird little benchmark that shows they may have some traction and some potential? And this, of course, is an environment where there's more and more music being created, more and more emerging artists um, emerging. That's right. And we're in a lot of markets, there are fewer and fewer opportunities for artists to play as indie venues suffer from the sort of the headwinds of post-pandemic um, and post-pandemic economic um, chaos, <laughs> at least in the United States. And I know I know in the UK, too, this has been a problem. Anyway, so, but Bobby sees a future where more A&R is being done the old-fashioned way by people going and listening, seeing a band, um, engaging with an artist and figuring out, you know, what, who might have the potential to become a long running um, hit maker, even if they're not going viral right this second. Um, and I think that's really great because I think that will, you know, viral, viral stuff could be awesome too. And, and I think it's a mixed strategy makes a lot more sense, however, because you really can't tell, I mean, not everyone's going to be a Lil Nas X who comes out of nowhere like a meteor and then somehow figures out how to stick around. Um, there's going to be a lot of people who maybe have a viral hit and then disappear because that was it. They were, you know, or they were an influencer and weren't really made to be a music artist. All right. That's that's all I got from other people's All right. Well, thanks balls. for this whirlwind tour of... Um of uh, other people's crystal balls. <laughs> <laughs> peering, I feel like I'm peering into some. Yeah. yeah um, okay. Well, I'm really, um, I'm really excited to see uh, how these things play out, and I'll be checking back in with you over the course of the year on what we see happening. But yeah. um, I want to hear a little bit about your year ahead. Well, I kind of felt like I've been advocating for certain things, and I need to, um, you know, live by what I preach. So I've decided to make a personal resolution for 2024 to support more independent artists. And specifically, I want to buy at least one music project a month from directly as directly as possible from an indie artist. So if the the dream would be I put a stack of bills into (laughs) an artist's hand in return for a flash drive or whatever they send me a a Dropbox link, if that's not possible, I will go to something. um, I'll go to a platform that will benefit them the most or their website um, but I want to go out and support people directly. And I'll post who I'm supporting Ooh. on LinkedIn. And um, maybe you can tell me who you're listening to. And I can find more people to give my money to. Because I really want to help indie artists this year. And I'm really excited that the, this, what I'm going to discover. I'm going to look for younger artists. I'm going to look for artists from genres that maybe I don't listen to every single day. Um, so they won't all just be like 24-year-old goths. <laughs> 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 Maybe a few goths in there. All right. If you want to follow along on Tristra's project, she's Tristra Yeager at on LinkedIn, I believe. Is that yes. Right? Yep. Um, well, let's link to your profile in the in the blog post, the show notes that go along with that. If that's okay, of I mean, course. yeah, of course. Uh, let me tell you, following Tristra on LinkedIn is as a trip. You always have, um, and she always share really interesting articles and insights from. The music industry and then those slightly adjacent areas that have so much to tell us about where the music industry is going. Um, and then also just some uh, crazy utopians in Indiana sometimes. It you happens. Know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for joining us and uh, for, for spending your half hour or so with us. And uh, let us know if you've seen any great predictions that we missed that we should be aware of, because I'm eager to hear what you have to say. Thanks for listening to Music Tectonics. If you like what you hear, 
please subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We have new episodes for you every week. Did you know we do free monthly online events that you, our lovely podcast listeners, can join? Find out more at musictectonics.com. And while you're there, look for the latest about our annual conference and sign up for our newsletter to get updates. Everything we do explores the seismic shifts that shake up music and technology, the way the Earth's tectonic plates cause quakes and make mountains. Connect with Music Tectonics on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. That's my favorite platform. Connect with me, Dimitri Vitsa, if you can spell it. We'll be back again next week, if not sooner. You're listening to Music Tectonics.